This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. To my reckoning, one of the most gentle radio programs of the golden age of radio would have to be The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. How did they meet? Well, in the early 1930s, a booking at the Glen Island Casino gained national network radio exposure for Ozzie Nelson's orchestra. After three years together with the orchestra, Ozzie and Harriet signed to appear regularly on the radio show The Baker's Broadcast. Now, the couple married during this series realizing that working together in radio would keep them together more than continuing their musical careers separately. So in 1941, Nelsons joined the cast of The Red Skelton Show, also providing much of the show's music. And when Red was drafted into the Army March of 1944, Ozzy was prompted to create his own family situation comedy, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. It launched October 8th of 1944. In total, 402 radio episodes were produced. But back to our initial mention of this being a gentle radio show, I think tonight's show is a great example of the writing and delivery that could, because of the subject matter of money management, grow into an all-out war of worlds. But no, we'll hear how Ozzy gives the family a tutorial on how to manage money, and then listen as Harriet more than holds her own. Oh, for goodness sake. What's the matter? All these short stories without any endings drive me crazy. Here's one where a mysterious voice keeps calling this fellow on the telephone. You never do find out who it is. Oh, are you sure you finished the story? Oh, sure. I even turned the page like a big dope. Well, here, read this. You'll like it. It's a complete story in one sentence. And every word is true. That's it. Oh, of course. America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. <laughs> America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, presents The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Ozzie and Harriet have been playing hide the button. There they are in the living room. Harriet opens the desktop, closes it. Ozzie scratches his head. <laughs> Harriet opens the big bottom drawer, closes it. Ozzie scratches his head. <laughs> Whatever she's looking for, it isn't in there. 
Uh-oh, she's headed for the dining room. Ozzy's right behind her. Now she's searching the china closet. Not there, huh? Doesn't seem to be. How about behind the serving tray? No, I don't think so. It's got to be someplace. Have you looked inside the buffet? No, not yet. Might just be in here. Any luck? No, darn it. I wish we could find it. So do I. I'll probably remember where I put it. Thanks very much for helping me look. No, it's, it's no trouble at all. You know what I'm looking for? I haven't the slightest idea. <laughs> Think it might help if you did know? Well, it might, but don't tell me. I like surprises. Wait a minute. I think it's starting to come back to me. Oh, you may as well tell me. What did you lose? Don't interrupt me. The kitchen. Oh, Harriet, you haven't gone and lost the kitchen again. (laughs) I remember now I was in the kitchen. Come on. I'm right behind you. Signal if you're going to stop suddenly. You still haven't told me what you've lost. Five dollars. And I haven't lost it. See, it's right where I left it. Now, wait a minute. You mean this is a regular thing with you, hiding money in the teapot? What's wrong with that? Besides, I don't always put it in the teapot. Sometimes I use the sugar bowl. Or if they're nice new bills, I sometimes hide them in the encyclopedia or the dictionary. What are you laughing at? Oh, the female conception of money matters is just such an amazing thing. What's wrong with it? Hey, it's okay with me just as long as women don't go into the banking business. Who says they aren't? Well, it's common knowledge. All the big bankers are men. Oh, who handles your paycheck every week? (laughs) You do. What's that got to do with it? Well, look what your big bankers are married to. Women. Naturally, they're married to women. What other choice has a man got? (laughs) Oh, now, don't give me that masculine superiority stuff now. It's just like my grandmother used to say. If there were no women in the world, you'd have nobody to sew the buttons on your pants. Sure. My grandfather used to say, if there were no women in the world, we wouldn't have to wear any pants. (laughs) I know a wonderful way to stop the discussion and solve my problem. Since men are so good at handling money, why don't you take care of my $5 for me? Well, if you think that'll relieve your mind, Denny, I'll be glad to. Okay, here you are, dear. That's a big burden off my mind. Tonight I can go to sleep knowing my money is in the capable hands of First National Nelson, the Rock of Rogers Road. Hi, Mom. Hi, Pop. Hello, fellas. we got? Two dollars. Mr. Randolph gave it to us just for cleaning out his garage. Let's see it. Hey, good for you. A dollar apiece. What are you going to do with it? Nothing foolish now, I hope. Oh, no. I'm going to buy ice cream with mine. Ice cream? A whole dollar's worth? Oh, sure. I like ice cream. Well, I like ice cream, too, but you can't eat a whole dollar's worth. That's kind of silly. Well, that's his idea, Pop. I'd like to put our money together and get a $3 baseball. Well, a baseball is certainly a better choice than ice cream. Especially if you're going to hit it with a bat. <laughs> no, I mean it. Dave is on the right track. He figures on using his money sensibly, getting the most out of it. You take your $2 and buy a $3 baseball. It... <laughs> well, just how do you do that, David? <laughs> Maybe you'd give us the other dollar. Thanks, Bob. I'll get Mom's purse. Now, now, wait a minute, boys. It seems to me this whole family needs a little lesson on the value of money. You want a $3 baseball, but all you have is $2. Did it ever occur to you you might save up for it? Why don't we borrow it from you and pay it back? I think you get much more satisfaction out of saving it first. 
Now, your mother was faced with a similar situation a little while ago. She found an excellent solution. Harriet, tell the boys about that idea you came up with. I'm letting your father take care of my money. Pop! Pop! The way you guys say that, you think I make weekly trips to Mexico with a briefcase. <laughs> Gosh, if we want to save it, can't we just put it in our cigar box? Cigar box? How safe is that? Nobody ever took any of the Beatles we had in it. <laughs> Money's a different thing. Look at it this way, boys. I'll be your bank. I'll keep your $2, and from time to time, you'll come to me with more money. Maybe only nickels and dimes, but your $2 will grow. Pretty soon, you'll have $3 and $4, 5 6 so on. Doesn't that, doesn't that seem pretty good? Yeah. Only one thing, though. How does anybody ever get a baseball? <laughs> Oh, hello, Barney. Say, I want to ask you something purely out of curiosity, uh, just to confirm a statement I made. Yeah, what is it, Oz? If you were a burglar and you'd just entered a house, what would be the first thing you'd head for? Oh, I don't know. You've been a burglar longer than I have. <laughs> Probably the, the teapot or, or the sugar bowl or a cigar box. I just had a little discussion with Harriet about the silly places women hide their money. Well, that may be, Oz. As for myself, I've got the best place in the world to hide money. Oh, where's that? Promise not to tell? Of course I promise. Cross your heart? All right, cross my heart. Where do you hide your money? In my wife's purse. <laughs> you consider that a safe place? Absolutely. You think it's burglar-proof? Well, I've never been able to get anything out of it. <laughs> well, maybe Catherine's different. I seem to be the only one with any sense of financial responsibility at our house. See, Harriet and the boys gave me $7 just a little while ago. What for? Well, I'm their bank, so to speak. See, I'm holding on to their money for it. See, that's an idea. Maybe you can help me. What's on your mind? Well, you see, I've got $10 that's been burning a hole in my pocket. I've been keeping it to buy Catherine a birthday present. Uh, you want me to take care of it for you? Would you mind, Oz? Otherwise, I know darn well when Catherine's birthday comes, the money will be gone. Uh, when is her birthday? Well, it's not very far off. But frankly, I'm not so good at holding on to money. Uh, when is her birthday? Tomorrow. <laughs> You are, Oz. I sure do appreciate this. Oh, I'm glad. Say, wait a minute. Where did you get this $10? You didn't hold out on Catherine, because I don't want any hot money in my bank. <laughs> Certainly not, Oz. As I said, all the money goes right into Catherine's purse. This little fella just wouldn't get in there. Ozzy, you've changed clothes. Uh, yes, I, I just felt like a dark blue pinstripe today. Oh, did I tell you Thorny gave me $10 to keep warm? That makes 17 altogether. Say, you're becoming quite the banker. Oh, yeah, I'll uh, see who it is. Mm. Hello, Mr. Nelson. Oh, hello, Edgar. I'm collecting for the paper, Mr. Nelson. A dollar thirty. All right, sir. I think we have the necessary assets to finalize this transaction. What's that? That's bank talk, Edgar. <laughs> Smokes, I've lost my money. There's a man down the street and he never pays me. I changed suits. I remember taking the money out of the pocket of the other trousers. And here, my coat. The strangest thing I ever heard of. The man down the street never pays me. But his wife does. Look through these pockets again. 
His wife says she gives him the money, but he spends it. Sometimes he make believes he lost it. Took the money out of the other pants. Could I speak to Mrs. Nelson, please? Run <laughs> them on the chair. Mrs. Nelson! Now, Edgar, there's no need of dragging Mrs. Nelson. Could you come back tomorrow, please? Will Mrs. Nelson be home then? Edgar, if you please come back tomorrow, I promise you I'll give you your money. Nelson. No, Edgar, come back tomorrow. Mrs. Nelson is busy. Mrs. Nelson! Edgar, get your foot out of the door. Now come back tomorrow. That's a good boy. Goodbye, Edgar. Downstairs. I went in the dining room. What are you looking for, dear? No, uh, Harry. <laughs> what are you looking for? Uh, oh, uh, have you seen my little gold collar pin? Yes, you have it on. Oh, oh, so I do. Now what are you looking for? Oh, have you seen that pair of black shoelaces I bought the other day? Yes, they're upstairs on your brown shoes. <laughs> Where are you going? Just out to the kitchen. Well, what in the world are you looking for? I'm just looking, that's all. Looking is a, a wonderful way to find things. Uh, you see, even if you're not looking for anything in particular, sooner or later you'll find something. For instance, if I were looking for money, which of course is ridiculous, but if I were looking for money... Yeah, I'd look in here. Take off the lid, put it in my hand. Oh, Ozzy. Fine thing. You put your hand in the teapot and get money. I get hot tea. disappearance of $17 at 1847 Rogers Road. Attention, all law enforcement agencies. This $17 must be recovered. Call all national and international authorities. Come in. Federal Bureau of Investigation reporting. No clues on Nelson cases yet. Brown, Washington office. Junior G-Men reporting. No trace of Nelson money. We are still searching. This is Reed, boy counter-spy and child actor. That is all. In the living room of 1847 Rogers Road, the search goes on. Not under there. Maybe the Davenport. Hi, Pop. Oh, oh, boys. Uh, uh, Did you guys want something special? Well, yeah, Pop. Remember today we gave you our money to keep for us? Well, of course I remember. Uh, and I hope you guys realize the responsibility I've assumed. Handling your money is quite a load. Well, we... Well, you tell him, Ricky. We'd like to unload you. <laughs> We'd like our money back now, please. Uh, boys, sit down on the couch for a minute. Oh, please, Pop. Don't talk us out of it. 
They're selling those baseballs for $2 now. We don't have to wait. Uh, uh, just a minute, fellows. Now, let's be sensible about this. As an investor, you have every right to ask for your money. I simply want to point out a few things. Now, believe me, I have no intentions of keeping your money if you really want it. Can we have it? No. But, Tom... <laughs> look at it this way. Why don't you draw on my experience? With shrewd management on my part, it's very possible you can double your money. Even triple it. Perhaps we can make a few investments and quadruple it. Make a lot of money. Why don't we buy our baseball today? Then maybe some other time we can make a lot of money. Boys, I may as well tell the truth. After all, as my investors, I owe it to you. The reason I don't want you to withdraw your money is uh, because you'll buy that baseball, won't you? That was our idea. Well, after all, I'm your father. Why can't I buy you a baseball? In fact, I've been considering it for some time now. Oh, gee, Pop, that's well. I thought that'd satisfy you. see, I'm not trying to hold your money back. As long as we got our baseball now, we can spend our money for a bath. <laughs> a bat? Uh, I wish you wouldn't, David. Uh, I'm buying you a bat, too. Oh, boy, now we can buy a catcher's mitt. No, 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 uh, let me buy you a catcher's mitt. Exactly. What else can we have, boy? This is better than Christmas. No, How about some ice skates? No, yeah, me too. Uh, ring the alarm, somebody. They're robbing the bank. <laughs> Could have been kicked under the bookcase, I guess. It's gotta be someplace. Come on in, Thorny. Well, hello there, Nick boy. Nice fella. Nice doggy. Oz, where are you? Nice doggy. Thorny, stop patting me on the head. <laughs> Why, it's Ozzy. I didn't recognize you down at all four. <laughs> I wondered why Nick was all dressed up, though. Anything special you want, Tony. I'm pretty busy for those. This will only take a second, Oz. I'd like to have my money back. Thorny, sit down. I want to have a talk with you. I can't, Oz. There's a guy waiting on my porch with a COD packet. Oh, let him wait. But I can't, Oz. It's Catherine's birthday present. Please, Oz, let me have it. Now, as I understand this, Thorny, you're hinting you want your money back. Come on, Oz. The guy's waiting. Thorny... Look at it this way. Your bank isn't merely to deposit money and then snatch it right back again. Why don't you also take advantage of my friendly counsel and advice on money matters? Now, how long ago did you order this package? About an hour ago. An hour ago? And they're sending it out already? Boy, they sure are anxious to get rid of it. Probably junk they can't move off the shelves. Hey, see how lucky you are? You came to me for my financial advice? Oz, please. You just better think it over, Thorny. Come back tomorrow. You still want your $10? I'll be very happy to give it. Oz, will you please give me my money before the guy goes away? Now, Thorny... Just a second, Thorny. What's the matter? Gosh, Thorny. Old man. Old pal. I'd like to give it to you. But you know, regulations. What regulations? I want my money. Thorny, Thorny, wait. Sorry, Thorny, all banks close at three o'clock. Hey, Mom, what is it, David? We want to let you in on something. Oh, that's nice. What is it? 
Well, just go to Pop and tell him you want your money back And boy, you get all sorts of things <laughs> You better write out a list first We could have got more Boys, I'm afraid you've been taking advantage of your father's misfortune Now I'm going to let you in on something It'll have to be awful good to be better than ours Well, your father's a very capable man He's always careful with money And he probably had a good reason for leaving it in the middle of the living room floor <laughs> I'm playing a little trick on him you mean you've got our money? Well, I don't have it, but I know where it is. I don't tell now. I hid it in the telephone book. Are you playing a joke on Pop? That's the idea, Ricky. Tonight at dinner, we'll all laugh about it. Will Pop laugh? <laughs> <laughs> we may not hear it, but deep down inside of him, he'll be roaring. <laughs> Yes? Hello, I got your new phone books for you. Oh, fine, thanks. <laughs> There's a hitch to the deal, though. You've got to give me your old one. Oh, sure. Just a second. I'll be right back. Sure. You just hum a little tune. Oh, I will. <laughs> Here you are. Oh, okay, I got him. Hey, you're not a bad doodler. you got some pretty good stuff here on the cover. Well, I, I just draw those little pictures while I'm talking. Any numbers on the cover here you want to copy before I take these? No, no, I, I don't think so. Just <laughs> You didn't leave anything in the books, did you? Oh, no, no. There's just a couple of doodles here and there, but you're welcome to them. You'd be surprised the things some people leave in phone books, you know. My partner Steve found two football tickets last year. Found a phone number on the cover, too. He called her up and took her to the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you about next August. So long. Goodbye. Keep your doodles up. <laughs> Uh, I have a surprise for you. Look, brand new phone books. New phone books? What about the old ones? Old ones? Well, the men took them away. Right now, they're being chopped into little pieces. Then they go into the incinerator. What's the matter? What are you so excited about? Oh, this is terrible. I was trying to play a silly little trick on you, and I did a ridiculous thing. Don't say anything more. Let me tell you. You found the $17 I lost, and you put it in the phone book. Well, yes, dear, how did you know? Because that's where I found it <laughs> Oh, Ozzy, you found it? Well, of course I found it I suppose you think I'm so dumb that I don't know what goes on around here Suppose you thought I was going to get worried <laughs> I know you picked up the money And I knew you put it in the phone book How did you know? Well, I found it in there while I was looking up the number of a loan company <laughs> Dear, that's the last time I'll ever try to fool my husband. You're just too smart for me. Well, I wouldn't have found it if you hadn't have filed it so cleverly, putting it there on the page with the finance companies, connecting finance and money. That's pretty smart. Oh, no, you're mistaken. I didn't put it in the classified book. I put it in the green book under Doe, John Doe. Well, you couldn't if it was in the yellow book. I've got the money right here. See? $17. A ten, a five, a twenty, and three ones. Seventeen dollars. No. No, thirty-eight dollars. Who put that in there? Oh, Harriet, stop it. It's so obvious. You're playing one of your little jokes on me. No, honestly, I'm not. My little joke is out being chopped up into little pieces. 
Holy smokes, then we're out $17. No, we're in $21. Oh, yeah, keep your voice down. Harriet, this is miraculous. Money is springing up from nowhere. Well, there's only one possible explanation. At some time or another, one of us put $38 in the phone book and forgot about it. But that seems so unlikely. I've got it. Hello? Is this Mr. Nelson of 1847 Rogers Road? Yes. I looked up your number. I'm the fellow who picked up your phone books today. Oh, 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 I'm glad you called. Did you find... Easy, Mr. Nelson. Yeah, we found it. I knew you should look through those books. Uh, Harriet, they found our $17. Well, I, I certainly appreciate your honesty. Well, I got it right here, Mr. Nelson. The 10, 2, 5, 4, 1s, and the 20. 44. <laughs> we'll mail it out to you. Guess you'll be able to sleep now. Sleep? Well, the money is just starting to come in. They found our $17. No, they found our $44. The $17 hasn't shown up yet. Oh, Ozzy, this is ridiculous. There must be some sensible explanation. Sensible? We don't have time to think of one. Get your coat. What for? Where are we going? Out to buy all the phone books we can find. We're going into the banking business. Are you awake? Of course I'm awake. So am I. Have you tried counting sheep? Oh, I've counted hundreds of them. Little green ones. <laughs> then the little yellow classifieds. <laughs> Finally figured out where the money came from. Well, please tell me. Well, it... It's really so simple. See, there was $38 in one book. 44 in the other book. That makes $82. There was originally only $17. That's a difference of $65. And here's what happened. David and Ricky got $65 and played a little trick on us. It was all a joke. <laughs> well, of course, that's exactly what happened. Ozzy. Uh, Harriet. I know the question that leaps into your mind. Where did David and Ricky get $65? Don't ask it. It's 4 o'clock and we've got to get some sleep. You mean to say we're going to say goodnight without explaining all this money? Don't be so naive. Don't you ever listen to the radio? Nothing under $25,000 needs any explanation. <laughs> At least this is a, a happy ending. It's not canned goods and things. I hate to say this, dear, but I'm a little disappointed in you. You mean to say you want everything that happens to us completely explained and solved? Yes. Well, don't be so corny. We're living in a modern age. The age of the unfinished short story. You said so yourself. But I don't like those. They leave you hanging in the air. I like to turn the page and find an ending there. I like everything explained. Okay, I'll explain where the money came. You see, David and Ricky wanted their money back to buy a baseball. So when I found it in the phone book, I gave it to them. But they changed their minds and saw something else in the store they liked better, and they bought that instead. How does that explain the money? I'm afraid our son David has inherited a peculiar artistic talent, especially pictures of Lincoln 
and Washington. <laughs> Probably got it from some member of your family you've never even told me about. Anyway, the printing press goes back tomorrow morning. <laughs> Marvelous, <laughs> you see, they bought the printing press. They made counterfeit money. Ozzy. Yes. I'm sorry I turned the page. <laughs> next week to another adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Yes, Harriet, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were John Brown, Tommy Bernard, Henry Blair, Hans Conried, and Alan Reed Jr. The original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. You know, you've got to hand it to the doctors. They've taken on the toughest opposition they could find, heart disease, America's number one cause of death. They need your help, folks, to carry on their research and other efforts to combat heart disease. So contribute all you can to the American Heart Association, Box 500, New York City. This is Vern Smith speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for The Lone Ranger, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Toto to swing into the saddle of his horse, Scout, and the Lone Ranger saddle his boots into the stirrups on the saddle astride silver. Here's the episode, Quicksand Tells a Tale. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. Indian companion Tonto, the masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. 
The stories of his strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness have come down to us through the generations. And nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! There's danger along the Rio Grande. Oh, Silver! In the simmering heat of a summer day, two horsemen rode along a lonely trail in the back country north of the Rio Grande. Spirals of dust shot from beneath their horses' hoofs and hung in the still hot air. Beneath the brims of their sombreros, their eyes were narrow, their features hard, ruthless. The unmistakable faces of outlaws. We'd better be moving out of these parts, Vince. This country's getting a mite too civilized. Never satisfied, are you, Lucky? It ain't just me. The rest of the boys are getting restless, too. I'm still the boss, Lucky. It's time to push on. I'll decide when and where it'll be. Sure, Vince. But you gotta admit that rustling ain't safe no more. It's too risky getting rid of the cattle afterwards. I'm not figuring on rustling. You can open a new stagecoach line from Elbow Bend to Colby next week. What about it? There'll be freight and gold. No stage stick-ups from me, Vince. This country's too open. Ain't no cover in it anywhere. Getting scared, Lucky? Not scared, Vince. Just... Say, ain't that a creek we're coming to? Yeah. You sure that sand crossing it's a ford? It must be. You don't sound too convincing. I'm gonna try it out. You're worse than an old woman, Lucky. What are you afraid of, quicksand? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, there. Easy, Lucky. Easy. Try it out with a rock. Here's a heavy one. Be careful you don't fall in. Just like I thought. What? Quicksand. That sand swallowed that rock like it was starving. Yeah? How wide would you say that creek was? About 60 feet. Why? Too wide for a stage to cross that sand to the other side? Sure. Stage couldn't get more than halfway. Yeah. Yeah, it'll sure be nice getting our hands on some gold again, won't it, Lucky? What do you mean? The stage is going to take this road. You're loco, Vince. The stage will take the main trail straight through to Colby. No, it won't. Not after we switch the signpost at the crossing. Switch the... The elbow bend to Colby runs a new route for the stage company, Lucky. The drivers will be detained on a signpost to direct them. Especially at night. Yeah, that's right. It's on the night stage that they'll be freighting the gold. You mean... I'm thinking we can make mighty handy use of that quicksand, Lucky. You sure got a head between them shoulders, Vince. <laughs> Wait till the boys hear about this. That's right. You gotta be ready for the first stage to Colby. Get it up there. Get it up. hung over the border town of Elbow Bend. It was a week later, and there was a bustle of activity before the express office. The night stage was being prepared for its first run to Colby. From the shadow of a building nearby, a tall man who wore a white hat and a black mask watched the proceedings with his Indian companion. That's Jim Lane now, Tonto. Ah, him drive stage. All right, Lucky, you can hitch the team to the stage now. Coming, Jim. Jim Lane, not outlaw now. He never was an outlaw, Tonto. He just fell in with the wrong crowd. When we helped him out of that scrape in Mexico, he promised to break with that gang. I knew he'd keep his word. Ah, him good man now. 
coming this way. Give us a chance to compliment him on his new job. Ah. Hello, Jim. The mask man. Well, this is a surprise. You remember Tonto. Sure. How could I forget either of you? After what you did for me? How are you, Tonto? <laughs> Tonto, fine. Well, I, I kept my promise. I even got a job driving that stage. I know, Jim. Congratulations. Thanks. Say, am I indebted to you for this job, too? What do you mean? Well, when I asked to drive the stage, they cold-shouldered me. And then one day, the marshal stopped me on the street and questioned me. A few minutes later, he took me to the express office, and the job was mine. That's fine, Jim. Have you been in town since I got here? Yes, Jim. I wanted you to have your chance. Just as I thought. Oh, how can I ever thank you? By doing your job as well as you can, Jim. You can rest easy about that, partner. I'm going to be the best stage driver the company has. Besides, I... I've got another reason for wanting to make good. You see that girl stepping into the stage? Yes. That's Barbara Wilkins. We're going to be married next week. Congratulations again. She lives in Colby. She's been over here visiting. The horses are all hitched, Jim. We better get moving. That man's face seems familiar. Who is he? Lucky Peters. He's the guard for the gold. You're carrying gold, huh? Hey, Jim! Come on! Well, goodbye, you two. Good luck, Jim. How do I may see you in Colby? Come on, Silver. Get him up. Come. Ah, oh, great pair of them, too. Hello, Barbara. Better tuck that robe around your knees. It'll get cold when we hit the trail. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Hey, give me a hand in the driver's seat, Lucky. Yeah, here you are. Yeah, the gold stored away? Yeah. Come on, you cayuses. We're heading for Colby. Get up there. Clouds hovered in the heavens when an hour later Vince Collins and his gang rode up at the quicksand ford at Elbow Creek. Oh, 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 oh. All right, boys. Wait here till we see the stage. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Luke? You're lucky getting the job as guard of the gold on the stage. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of funny. Nothing can go wrong now, boss. We switched the signpost and the stage is a sense to take this trail instead of the right one. Yeah. Now remember, Luke, when the stage hits the creek, you take a couple of the boys and ride down there. Get the girl out and take her to Colby, then report to the sheriff. I got you, Vince. After we leave, you and the rest of the boys will unload the gold, cut the horses loose, and drive the stage into the quicksand, right? That's it. It'll sink without a trace. The express company will figure the gold went down with it. Hey, boss, the stage is coming. Get your horses out of sight over that hill, men. Uh, Luke, you and your boys stay here. Mind no slip-ups. There won't be any, Vince. Treat that girl passenger general. We want her to think you're trying to help her. I understand, boss. All right, boys, get them up. Get them back. You sure this is the right road, Lucky? Sure, Jim. I know this country like a book. Well, don't look familiar to me. I'm pulling out. Don't be a fool, Jim. You want to be late on your first run? We're doing Colby in an hour. You never get there on this trail. You must have taken the wrong turn back at the fort. Uh, the sign pointed this way. Well, maybe somebody twisted it. I'm going to pull up. Hey, there's Elbow Creek up ahead. That proves we're right. That proves we're wrong. There ain't any creek on the new stage route. Whoa. Hey, give me those right. Yeah, take your hands off. I'm driving this. Hand them over quick. You'll get a slut from the shooting iron. What? Hey, what's the idea? I'll show you. Why, you low-down, double-crossing coyote. That'll teach you not to argue with a gun. Whoa, whoa there. Whoa, hold up there. 
Steady now. Hold. Hold. What's happening? Why are we stopping? The bridge over the creek is down, ma'am. You can't go through, driver. That bridge is down. What happened? I don't know. The last big storm we had was to wash it away. Oh. Make that a ford across the creek? I wouldn't advise crossing that, mister. That's quicksand. Got any passengers inside? Well, just one, a girl. Mind giving her a lift to town? Of course not. Boys, help the young lady out. Everything's set, Lucky. Good. What about the driver? Yeah, he's out, but he'll be all right. Want me to hoist him up on your cayuse? No. Vince and the boys will take care of him. They'll be here as soon as we leave with the girl. Jim! Jim, where are you? You better keep an eye on the girl. She may cause trouble. I know what to do. Jim! He can't come now, ma'am. He's busy taking charge of the stage. But, But he and the guard were fighting. I thought I heard a groan. Well, must have been your imagination, ma'am. Jim's all right. Following the new stage route, sometime after Jim Lane had set forth on his first run, the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode at an easy pace toward Colby. Suddenly, the masked man reined in his great white stallion. Who's got home, fella? Why we stop here? That sign, Tonto. Arrow points along the other road. Oh, that sign not right. That trail goes south. Yes, I know. I'm afraid Jim may have taken it with the stage. You better investigate. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. This road go to Elko Creek. Plenty bad quicksand. No bridge. With this moon, we'll be able to see the creek from the top of the next rise. Uh-huh. The feeling I've seen the guard of that stage before. Him may be outlaw. Steal gold. Perhaps, Toto. If he is, he may be working with a partner who switched the sign. Uh-huh. There's the stage now. Whoa, Silver. Whoa, Oh, many men there. What them do? Some of them seem to be unloading the gold. They may be outlaw, huh? Oh, look. Two of the men are unharnessing the horses. Watch. They're driving them away. Why them do that? I don't... Yes. There's a reason. The gang is pushing the stage into the quicksand. Ah. They're trying to conceal all traces of the stage. Kimasabi, you look there. What is it, Tonto? That fellow drives stage. Jim Lane. Ah. He's a prisoner. See? Look. They've tied his hands. Not right. Now the gang's leaving, heading south. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scout. Stage is sinking, Tonto. Quicksand swallow stage plenty fast. We can't let it. We've got to get that stage out. Faster, Silver. Faster, boy. Oh, easy, oh, Silver. <clears throat> First, we'll make sure the gold was stolen. Me uh, climb free. That's a good idea. Now, you can climb on that limb and crawl out over the stage. Here, wait a minute. I'll give you a hand up. Uh, <clears throat> and look for the gold in the baggage compartment. The box with the lid open. Tonto uh, Sabi. Can you see it yet? Uh, box empty. That's all we need to know. Come on back, Tonto. We've got to get that stage out of the quicksand to prove the theft. Sinking deeper every minute. Uh, uh, what we do? We'll use Silver, Tonto. A scout to help him, we can pull that stage out. Uh, uh, here's my rope. Uh, spinning his lariat, the Lone Ranger skillfully looped a rack jutting from the rear of the stage. He threw a hitch about the pommel of Silver's saddle. Another rope was tied to Scout's saddle. Then he gave the signal. Come on, Silver. You can do it. Pull, Scout. Pull. The powerful white stallion and the sturdy paint threw all of their great strength into the task. 
quicksand that was sucking the stage into its mire began to yield. They're doing it, Tuttle. The stage is pulling free. Uh, good boy, Silver. Many good scouts. curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. story. Riding into Colby with Barbara, the outlaws led by Duke headed for the sheriff's home. Oh, oh, oh my, oh my. Be back in a minute, ma'am. Just want to report what's happened to the stage to the sheriff. Oh, nothing's happened to it. It just can't get through. It's freight and gold, ma'am. There may be outlaws on the prowl. Outlaws? Then Jim may be in danger. I'll go with you. Uh, you wait here, ma'am. I'll take care of everything. Luke Davis, Sheriff. I got news for you. Who are you? Uh, just a cowpuncher, Sheriff. Mind if we talk inside? Uh, what's on your mind, mister? I want to report a robbery, Sheriff. What's that? That's what it appeared to be, to the boys and me anyways. We was riding along Elbow Creek when we saw the stage from Elbow Bend standing by the side of the road. Elbow Creek? What was the stage doing down there? I don't know, Sheriff. Maybe the driver and the guard had a plan to steal the gold they was freighting. What makes you think that? Well... When the boys and me rode up to see what the trouble was, they both pulled guns on us, told us to give the passenger a lift to town and keep our mouths shut. I see. We did like we was told. But when we topped a rise, I looked back and they were driving the stage into the creek. Trying to thwart it, eh? Maybe. I heard the guard call the driver Jim. I figured... Yeah, that... Jim Lane. I told the express coming it was a mistake, hiring a reformed outlaw for the stage. Well, he won't get far. I'll have a posse on his heels so quick it'll make his head spin. At the outlaws' camp, Vince, Lucky, and their gang were celebrating the success of their venture. Jim, bound and gagged, lay on the ground near the fire. How many of you boys still feel like moving on? Well, not me, Vince. That goal looks too good. <laughs> that ends your beef, Lucky? Yeah, I still say we ought to hit for the border. We'll wait for Luke. Maybe you'll have news that'll change your mind. Luke's coming now, boss. Oh, boss. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, there. Oh. Everything go off all right with the sheriff, Luke? Everything went fine, Vince. Sheriff rounded up a posse and rode to Elbow Creek. The stage had sunk into the quicksand just like we figured. There wasn't even a scrap of evidence. You mean you, you couldn't even see the stage underwater? Not a trace. Funny if you go down so fast. What did you say about the driver, Luke? Well, I told the sheriff Jim had driven me and the boys away with the gun and then drove the stage into the creek. That convinced him Jim was reverting to his own crooked habits. Some smart sheriff. He figures Jim mired the stage in the quicksand while attempting to get away with the gold. And that when the gold disappeared along with the stage and horses into the sand, Jim vamoosed. That's what we want him to think, eh, huh, Luke? Yeah. The sheriff will spend all his time hunting Jim. And Jim's not going to see Colby for a long, long time. We've got nothing to worry about, boys. Maybe we can even get our hands on some more of that gold. Why... What do you mean, Vince? There's another stage coming from Elbow Bend tomorrow night. You ain't thinking of pulling that signpost trick again. 
Maybe. But the driver won't fall for that wrong road a second time. He'll know about it. I got a different angle for this holdup. Suppose we stop the stage at the crossroads. Yeah. We make prisoners of the driver and guard, same as we did you and Jim. Then we drive the stage into the quicksand at the creek. First unloading the gold. Presto, the coach disappears and there's no evidence, nothing. What's the sheriff going to think if it happens again? He's going to go hunting for Jim here. <laughs> but he's never going to find him. Yeah, the sooner we get rid of that hombre, the better it'll be for us, Vince. Not yet, Luke. Jim's going to do a job for us first. Just in case somebody spots us waylaying the stage, Jim's going to be real prominent in front. And he won't be wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Early the next day, Barbara Wilkins called on the sheriff in his office. Her eyes flashed and her chin jutted forward in determination. Well, Barbara, this is a surprise. Sheriff, I hear you suspect Jim of trying to steal the gold from the stage. That's right, Barbara. Jim's innocent. He wouldn't do such a thing. Jim's been an outlaw before, Barbara. I reckon riding in the same coach with gold tempted him back to his old habit. That's not true. I'm telling you, Barbara. Jim landed the stage in quicksand trying to make his getaway. And vermoosed when he couldn't budge neither the coach nor the gold. I don't believe it. Jim's not that sort. We were going to be married. I'm sorry, Barbara. Take my advice and forget Jim. He ain't worth the trouble. Senor, senor, sir. The stagecoach come down the road. Stagecoach? The day coach ain't due from Elbow Bend till this afternoon. It's nightcoach, sheriff. He's one to get stuck in the quicksand. How in thunder. You coming, Barbara? I want to gander at that stage. I'm coming, sheriff. There she comes. Two men on the box. What? One of those men's an engine. And the other's mask. Get ready to cover him, man. Don't shoot, Sheriff. The masked man's reining up. He's going to stop. I ain't taking any chances, Barbara. Halt! Pull up them horses in the name of the law. Pull up your gun, Sheriff. Stand where you are. Turning this stage over to you is evidence. You'll find that the baggage compartment has been broken open. Strange, he's right, Sheriff. He's nothing here. Then the gold was stolen. What have you done with it, stranger? The gold was stolen by outlaws, Sheriff. You're right, stranger. You and Jim Lane. You're on the wrong trail. Neither I nor Lane had anything to do with taking the gold. In fact, Jim Lane is being held captive by the gang. Jim a prisoner? <laughs> Who'd believe that? If Jim Lane is with the gang, he's more than likely one of them. That's not true. If I were an outlaw, Sheriff, why should I drive the stage here? We'll find out about that when the time comes. Meanwhile, I'm locking you up. Oh, whoa there, whoa, boy. Whoa, whoa. It's the marshal from Elbow Pin. What's going on here? We're just in time, Marshal. This here's one of them outlaws that robbed the stage last night. You're making a mistake, Sheriff. He just rode up in that coach, and the gold's been broken out of the baggage compartment. Sorry, Sheriff. That gold was the property of the United States government. The government's taking charge of this case right now. Release that man. I hope you know what you're doing, Marshal. I do, Sheriff. I've already talked with your prisoner. What do you mean? Just this. Instead of locking up the masked man... You're taking orders from him. That 
night, the Lone Ranger, once more astride the fiery silver, rode at the head of the sheriff's posse. Now, ain't it time you told us where we're heading, stranger? Crossroads, Sheriff. That's where the outlaws plan to waylay the stage. Just point them out and I'll do the rest. I've uh, told your men that we're just watching the holdup. You told them what? It'll be time enough to attack later when we've gotten the evidence. Besides, you've got to find out where they're hiding that first shipment of gold. Won't be carrying it with them. Faster, Rex! Barbara, what in tarnation brings you here? Just in danger, Sheriff, and I want to help. This ain't no place for a petticoat. Now skedaddle. I'm not leaving until we found Jim. Get in your horses, men. We can watch the hold up from this hill. Oh, Silver. Oh, 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 oh. There's the gang hiding in that ravine. Yes. With this full moon, we can see them plainly. They're the outlaws, all right. They're all masked. One in front, isn't it? Listen. Isn't that the stage rounding the bend? Yeah. There she comes. The outlaws have spotted it, too. Heading straight for ambush. That isn't the new stage. It was marred in the quicksand. No, Marshal. Oh, I understood your Indian friend drove it back to Elbow Bend so it could make the night run. I had a better idea, Marshal. Say, that's Jim Lane in front of them outlaws. Oh, no, it can't be. Yes, it is, Jim, Sheriff. But he's not an outlaw. My eyes tell me he is, stranger. All right, boys. Not time to attack yet, Sheriff. What are we waiting for? They're tying up the driver and the guard, ain't they? And unloading the gold. You can't accuse an innocent man, Sheriff. Jim Lane is the outlaw's prisoner. See? The man standing behind Jim is holding a gun on him. It's true. Look. They're driving the stage down the trail toward the creek. And Jim Lane's holding the reins. I've seen enough. Tell your men to follow me, Sheriff. Where to? We can't let them outlaws get away. Hurry, Sheriff. Every minute counts. Come on, Silver. All right, men. Follow the masked man. Come on, get up. Get up. Get up. Stage, Jim. You double-crossing polecat. <laughs> Easy, son. One thing's sure. I ain't driving these horses to that quicksand. Well, you'd better if you know what's good for you. You don't frighten me. I heard you talking last night. You're figuring I'm murdering me after this job and hightailing it from Mexico. Oh, rain up there. Oh, oh boy, steady. Oh, Lucky, what are you slowing up for? Keep him covered, Fence. I'm taking the reins. Oh. Get up there, you ordinary critter. Get up there. I'm riding along the trail with you, Lucky. I'll keep the kid in my gun sight. What's that on the trail up ahead at the creek? Looks like a wagon. It's my new stage. Somebody must have pulled it out. Pull up, Lucky. No, I can't. The brakes won't hold. You crash. Swing over to the side. There ain't room. There's a ditch alongside. Wait in your horses. The horses are out of control. I'm going to jump. Luke, take care of Jim. He's getting away. Bring the boss. Saddle him on your cayuse and head for camp. See you there, Vince. You all right, Lucky? My leg. Head back at camp. Make tracks for the hideout, boys. Sheriff must have wasted that stage fence. And if he did, he may have followed our trail to the camp. I should have listened to you in the first place, Lucky. We'll hustle back to the hideout for the gold and high tailor for Mexico Prado. Come on, get up. Easy, horse. Get up there. Is the camp, Lucky? We better have a look at that gold right away. Yeah. Pull up there. Ooh. What do you want done with Jim, Vince? Forget him for a minute. Couple of you boys, start digging up that gold. 
It ain't been touched, boss. If anybody had taken it, they wouldn't have bothered to fill up the hole. Stop arguing help with that digging. Just as you say, boss. Where's that shooting coming from? The woods. That came from the south. They got the corner, Vince. You're rolling to a trap. Put on your guns. You're surrounded. Come and get us. Men, there goes his cook, Vince. I know that voice. You tongue-wagging coyote, at least they won't take you alive. Who's oh, after the mess, man? We gotta throw in, Vince. There are too many for us. It ain't that, you fool. You just can't see him to shoot at him. But I ain't giving up, Archer. Another hit for the mass man. Come on and get him. They're all reaching for the sky. There are your prisoners, Sheriff. The gold is buried under that tree where they started to dig. Yeah. Say... You're all right, stranger. Wouldn't have located him if it hadn't been for you. Donald deserves a credit, Marshal. He drove Jim's stage to Elbow Creek for the outlaws to find. If it hadn't been for you, I'd be six feet under. We couldn't have acted sooner, Jim, or the sheriff would have arrested you for an outlaw. But you're clear now. When you get back to Elbow Bend, don't be surprised to find not only your job waiting, but a raise. A raise? Call it a wedding present, Jim. Jim. Oh, Jim, you're safe. You're down tooting I am, honey, and guess what? Oh, tell me we work to do. Get him up. Oh, the masked man is riding away. Oh, and just as I was going to invite him to our wedding. heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.